You're listening to Panels of Blood, part of SplatterPictures.net. And welcome to Panels of Blood, the podcast where I read you some of my favorite horror comics throughout the ages. Currently, we've been reading the 2012 Nancy Collins series of Vampirella. In this iteration, Vampirella finds herself betrayed by the Vatican, where she used to hunt monsters on their behest. After a failed attempt to save a little girl named Emma, from the evil cult of chaos led by her own father, who's actually now possessed by the sinister Ethan Shroud. During the betrayal of the little girl Emma, Vampirella found herself possessed by the Lady of Shadows, or Lady Umbra, sister bride to the God of Chaos. Once compromised, the Vatican then sent out their shock troops, Vatican shock troops led by the sadistic Father Nicodemus. During a battle, Vampirella was suddenly rescued by a mysterious Nosferatu named Drago. There, he sent her on a mission. He told her that if she were to vitalize her body with the blood of some of the rarest vampires, she would have enough power to take on Lady Umbra and free herself. But after tracking down rare vampires all over the world, Vampirella is led to the abandoned town of Kostat in Romania, where she is supposedly supposed to take down the first Nosferatu, an apparent rival of Drago's. But once there, she's betrayed yet again by none other than Drago himself. She now stands before Drago, wondering what his game is all about. I don't have too much extra chit-chat for you guys. Just once again, I'd like to thank Rick Hunter, for the use of our intro and outro music, and also Chris Begarin for his wonderful art that enhances every episode of the podcast. But, without further ado, because I am super excited for you guys to get to the thrilling conclusion of Vampirella, Issue 6, Total Eclipse of the Heart. Turn around... Every now and then I get a little bit lonely and you're never coming round. Turn around. Every now and then I get a little bit tired of listening to the sound of your tears. Oh, is it my tears? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Anyways, that's the name name of the book. Written by Nancy A. Collins. Pencils, Patrick Birkencotter. Inks. Dennis Chrysostomo, Colors by Jorge Sutil, and Letters, Rob Steen. We open up to a shot of Drago in his throne room, leaning forward in his chair. Vampirella, surrounded by other Nosferatu, stands defiant in front of him, pointing an accusing finger in his direction. She says, I should have known better than to trust you, Drago. Instead of helping me defeat Lady Umbra, all you've done is lead me on an overglorified snipe hunt so you can lure me into your lair. Drago, looking both amused 
and feigning some sort of dramatic shock. You wound me to the quick, dear sister. However, I will admit there is some truth to your accusations. I did mislead you, but not as to my desire to prevent chaos from claiming this world for its own. We now see a panel of the three rare vampires that Vampirella has thus far defeated and drank their blood. The floating head of the Krazu, the serpentine female form of the Lamia, and the humanoid female moth, the Leptirica. Drago continues in captions. No, I lied when I said you needed to consume the blood of three of the rarest vampires in the world in order to stand a chance against Lady Umbra, the sister bride of chaos. Drago now standing, his arms rigidly to his sides. In truth, you needed their blood in order to stand a chance against me. As the first Nosferatu, my blood is powerful enough to erase the mark of Umbra placed on you. But I will not surrender my blood easily, little sister. You must take it from me. Vampirella snarling at him. She looks ready to fight. Drago, off camera, with his arm outstretched, is gesturing to the teeming masses of Nosferatu now in the throne room with them. Vampirella shouts, Why should I believe anything you tell me? Because I am willing to die to protect my children. We see a panel of a Nosferatu about to claim the victim of a blonde woman, shaking and afraid, but a big red horned demon with large wings snatches him from behind and is twisting his neck upwards. Drago's caption continues. Demons feed on human suffering and pain, while we Nosferatu need human blood to survive. We have had enough time competing against other vampires to have to go up against full-fledged demons for our rapidly dwindling food supply would be genocide. Ironically, my blood can not only save you, Vampirella, but the world as well, but only if you defeat me in ritual battle. To the death, of course. Vampirella lunges at Drago. Her arms outstretched, Drago takes a ready stance. She shouts, In that case, shut up and fight! Drago's lightning reflexes take her off guard, and he swipes along her stomach, gashing her deep. Blood spills out, and she grunts in pain. As you wish, my dear. Vampirella, recovering quickly, snatches Drago on the throat and squeezing it. He's surprised. But suddenly, one of the other Nosferatu grabs Vampirella by the hair and pulls her back hard, freeing Drago from her grip. The Nosferatu hisses. Drago then swipes at his own Nosferatu brethren, shredding its shoulder, blood pouring everywhere. This is between me and my sister, you fool. No one else. Drago, gesturing to a nearby window, transforms into his massive vampire bat form. To ensure no further meddling, I recommend we take this outside. Drago and Vampirella are now both flying through the night sky. The blood you took from the other vampires has made you stronger and faster, little sister. Another second later, and you would have torn off my head. There's still time to fix that, and I'm not your sister. 
Drago, still in his vampire bat form, lunges his talons towards Vampirella in midair. Were we not born of this same unhallowed womb, as distasteful as you find it, you share kinship with not only me, but every vampire on the face of the earth. Don't remind me. As Drago lunges low in midair, Vampirella shoots high, going over Drago's head. Ah, my brother and I used to battle in midair like this when we were children. Of course, my mother encouraged him to kill me, but he never could. Those were happier, more innocent times. Vampirella responds. You know what your problem is, Drago? She outstretches her arm, getting ready to grab him. You talk too much. We now see Drago hurtling towards the ground as Vampirella has him in a massive bear hug, squeezing around his body hard. She sinks her teeth deep into his neck, her eyes boiling red, her brow lowered, looking incredibly aggressive. Vampirella, practically doing a handstand while smashing Drago's body into the concrete of a nearby cemetery. Other Nosferatu are already on the scene. Drago, now crippled, broken, Blood seeping from his eyes, his mouth, his neck, crawls lamely across the ground. He says, I have prepared you well, Vampirella. You are stronger and faster than ever before. But, more importantly, you have embraced your heritage as a super predator. Drago looks up at her weakly. Vampirella, with some damage to her body, still stands confident, triumphant listening. Although born a vampire, you have always been humane. It is both your greatest strength and your worst weakness, my sister. For nothing human can stand against Lady Umbra. To defeat her, you must fight as only a vampire can. Now do what you must. Do that which comes naturally to a child of Lilith. Then suddenly, Drago's cut off. Vampirella lunges her hand forward, plunging it deep into Drago's chest, all the way up into the wrist. A now blackened panel. Only thing visible is Vampirella's arm, covered in blood, in her grasp, Drago's heart. The omniscient narration starts. Acting on instinct, she rips Drago's still-beating heart from his chest and bites into it, as if the juiciest of forbidden fruit. Vampirella, now clutching the heart hungrily to her lips, she drinks the blood of the Nosferatu. The thrill of power Vampirella experienced when she took the blood of the other vampires is nothing compared to what courses through her veins as she feasts on the ancient heart of the first Nosferatu. It is as if she is filled with an unholy fire that fills her mind with images from another life. We see a panel of Lilith, Vampirella's mother, tending over the two brothers. One of them became Drago, the Nosferatu. The other, a more handsome, traditional vampire. The omniscient narration continues. She sees Drago as a boy if such a creature could ever claim a childhood condemned to the shadow cast by his more handsome, if equally monstrous, twin, then maturing into the patriarch of the Nosferatu as he spreads death and damnation from one continent to the next. Vampirella now, with a look of shock in her face, almost as if she's coming to, as if in a daze where she couldn't even tell where she was, Drago, 
on the ground is dead. She says, Whoa, where the hell am I? She looks over to the crowd of stunned Nosferatu. Oh yeah, now I remember. We now cut to a panel, Vampirella looking unsure in her footing, surprised even. Drago still lying dead on the ground, but all the Nosferatu that surrounded her are now bowing in deference in her direction. They say in unison, Drago, king of the Nosferatu is dead. Long live Vampirella, queen of the Nosferatu. As all the Nosferatu bow to her, she looks over at Coleridge, who's been apparently there the whole time. She asks him, um, what just happened? He answers, by consuming Drago's heart, you have not only assumed his power, but his position as well. Everything that belonged to him, the jets, the yachts, the castle, is now yours, including me. I humbly await your command, milady. Vampirella, probably shocked, but looks pretty determined, confident even, simply says, Take me to America. I have unfinished business there. We now cut to a panel, an establishing shot. The private jet resting on the tarmat while a vehicle pulls out the back. In captions, 10 hours later, the Pacific Northwest. The omniscient narration. As she watches Coleridge unload the limo from the jet's cargo bay, Vampirella can feel herself being pulled back to the graveyard where Ethan Shroud and his followers first placed the mark of Umbra upon her. What disturbs her even more is that part of her is eager to return. She's now riding in the limo with Coleridge at the wheel. Doesn't it bother you that you now serve the woman who destroyed your master? I still serve my master. Only now his blood is in your veins, milady. Vampirella sits back in her seat in the limo, looks out the window. How long before we reach the cemetery? We're only a few miles away. We now see a mysterious car in silhouette, only its blazing headlights visible, is approaching the limo from the rear. Vampirella continues. Good. I want to get there before Shroud can offer up that poor little girl as a sacrifice to chaos. Vampirella looks to the side as this car was actually a van. The side door slid open, and who's there but Father Nicodemus himself, holding a crossbow, pointed in their direction. Vampirella shouts. What the thought we'd gotten rid of these guys. Father Nicodemus fires his crossbow and the arrow hits one of the tires. It flips the vehicle off the road. The car, now smoldering, rests off the side of the road down a small hill. Father Nicodemus shouts to his men, fan out. Whatever you do, don't let her get away. Vampirella, lying inside the crashed vehicle, looking dazed, surrounded by broken glass. She asks, Coleridge, are you okay? Coleridge, looking a little shaken himself, raises his head, still covered in glass. It will take far more than that zealot to kill me, milady. Now, on this vehicle flipped on its side, Coleridge is now standing upright, coming out the side window, aiming a gun and firing at the witch's hammer that are heading towards the car. Vampirella is climbing out of the passenger side window. He says, Get out of here, milady. You've got to make it to the cemetery before Shroud begins the ritual. What about you? Coleridge fires his gun and takes out three members of the witch's hammer. Just blam, blam, blam. Takes out three. One shot, one kill. Center mass. I can take care of myself. I kind of dig the fact that Vampirella now has an immortal, kick-ass, gun-toting butler on her side. It's cool.
cool. We see Father Nicodemus aiming a shotgun towards Vampirella as she soars in the sky. Vampirella, with full intention of getting out of here, says to no one in particular, I only hope I'm not too late to save Emma. Father Nicodemus, firing his weapon, it shoots out a bolt attached to a rope. And where do you think you're going, Hill Spawn? This bolt actually is electrified, and it strikes Vampirella straight in the small of the back, shocking her. She cries out in pain as she slams down to the earth. Father Nicodemus watches this with a smug sense of satisfaction. Got her. Now, Father Nicodemus straddling Vampirella, holding her throat, raising a stake, and is about to plunge it down into her chest. You and that walking cadaver, Drago? We're responsible for killing a lot of good, pious men the last time we met, Vampirella. Now, I will avenge them by making sure that you burn in hell alongside your whore of a mother. Vampirella replies, Get off me, you maniac! I've got to stop Shroud before it's too late! Father Nicodemus says, If the vessel of Umbra is destroyed, it doesn't matter if Shroud completes his sacrifice. But Father Nicodemus is cut off. Vampirella, in a desperation move, plunges her fingers into the one good eye of Father Nicodemus. It matters to me, Father Nicodemus, reeling back now, his only good eye completely destroyed. He's now completely blind. My eye! Damn you, Vampirella! I'll kill you for this! Stand in line, priest. Vampirella, bearing her wings again, soars into the moonlight. The omniscient narration starts again. What had once been an insistent tugging is now an irresistible pull, compelling her forward as fast as she can go, like an iron filing attracted by a powerful magnet. Vampirella heads down to the cemetery where this whole story began. Now, burning amongst the gravestones is the symbol of the cult of chaos. The omniscient narration goes on. The sign of chaos, traced in fire, tells her that she has reached her destination, but not if she has arrived too late. She calls out, Shroud! We now see, as Vampirella is landing, Ethan Shroud, numerous members of the Cult of Chaos, and the little girl, Emma. Let the child go, Shroud. You know I can't do that, Vampirella. She's necessary to open the door. Ethan Shroud points to the circular scar on Vampirella's chest, now almost completely filled in. Besides, in a few moments you'll no longer care what happens to the brat. A close-up of the scar, now completely blackened in. Vampirella says, I warned you, Shroud. Hand over the girl, or... She clutches her chest and cries out in pain. Omniscient narration. The pain brings her down like a tiger sinking its fangs deep into wounded prey, driving the breath from her lungs. A POV shot from Vampirella's point of view. She looks up at Shroud. Farewell, Vampirella. He now looks more blurry as her eyes begin to close. I do not know what becomes of Lady Umbra's vessels, but I do not think we shall meet again. The panel is now completely black. Vampirella now, lying in complete darkness, calls out. Where am I? Where did everybody go? She sees the ghostly visage of Lady Umbra herself. She is wearing delicate white robes. Every portion of her body that's actually visible is completely black. Her eyes and a faint red outline at least let you know where she might be. Lady Umbra speaks. Your heart is in total eclipse, creating a bridge between your world and my realm of shadow, so that we may unite 
as one. Vampirella, looking afraid, says, If you think you can just waltz in and take over my body without a fight. A close-up of Lady Umbra's eyes, billowing red. My dear Vampirella, you completely misunderstand the situation. I have no intention of forcing you to my will. She now leans forward towards Vampirella, her hair arching unnaturally and flicking and waving in Vampirella's direction. I am not here to take, but to give you a gift. The gift of freedom. Freedom from care, from guilt, from shame, from doubt. Who cares what happens to this world of greedy, foolish mortals? most of whom are more than happy to drive a stake through your heart, I might add. We see Lady Umbra looking quizzical as Vampirella turns away from her, her hand up as to indicate Lady Umbra to stop talking. Lady Umbra continues, All you have to do is allow me into your heart, and all your cares and sorrows will be erased, as if they never existed. You will never have to please anyone but yourself for the rest of your life. Vampirella looking down, she's contemplating the smiling face of Emma. Vampirella answers, No, I have to save Emma. I promised her mother I would get her back. We now cut back to Vampirella, who, once finding Emma's mother hung upside down, prostrated, bolted through the hands, the ankles, and almost bisected completely by a sinister serrated saw, Lady Umbra chimes in to needle her. The same mother you slew to feed your own hunger? Vampirella says, you knew about that? We now see several flashback panels of moments where Vampirella was acting unlike herself, burning down the spa instead of going to authorities, sacrificing the young handsome man to the Lamia, killing Drago. Lady Umbra continues, whenever a dark deed is done, I am there, as I was with you when you burned down the resort in Thailand and sent that Greek boy to his death, not to mention when you destroyed that meddling Nosferatu. And with each new dark act, I rejoiced, for my hold on you grew stronger. Vampirella looks shocked as two void-like hands caress her cheeks. You can deny it all you like, Vampirella, but your heart belongs to me. Vampirella's eyes are now rolled over completely black. We now see Lady Umbra and Vampirella in a warm, loving embrace. They kiss each other passionately. Come, Vampirella. The time has come to embrace the darkness and your destiny. Vampirella now, shifting her head to the side, sinks her fangs deep into Lady Umbra's neck, and Lady Umbra cries out in pain. Lady Umbra looking withered, weakened, as if she might be dying, Vampirella still drinking her blood dry. The omniscient narration kicks in. As she drains the darkness from the Queen of Shadows, Vampirella hears Drago's voice echoing in her ears. Nothing human can stand against Lady Umbra. To defeat her, you must fight only as a vampire can. The instant the mark of Umbra disappears, the numbing cold that seized her heart melts away, and the shadows that surround her flee. We see Lady Umbra falling away from Vampirella, and now Vampirella is lying back in the graveyard, no longer surrounded by darkness. The scar on her chest is now gone. The omniscient narration continues. Returning her once more from the frying pan, 
into the fire. We see the Cult of Chaos gathered around a stone table with Emma unconscious on top. Ethan Shroud sermonizes this ritual. Chaos, Lord of the Outer Dark, arise once more and come forth upon the earth. For you I open the gate. For you I clear the path. Just as Ethan Shroud is about to plunge his knife into Emma's chest, Vampirella charges the table. No, I won't let you do this, Shroud. Ethan Shroud seems to be struggling with himself, a look of confusion on his face. Chaos for you, I offer the goat with no horns. Ah! Omniscient narration. Instinctively, Vampirella summons forth the power she has stolen from the Shadow Queen, turning it to her own ends. And we see the sinister, dark aura leaving Emma's father, who is possessed by Ethan Shroud. If Lady Umbra could summon the darkness within the human soul, then surely she could cast it out as well. Ethan Shroud's mystical, dark energy shouts at Vampirella. Damn you, Vampirella. Put me back. Put me back. That's him, like, getting sucked away. Now, Emma's father is finally free. He says, I'm free. Merciful God, I'm finally free. He runs to his daughter, who's just coming to, tears streaming down his face. He kisses her forehead. Emma, I'm so sorry, sweetie. So horribly sorry. Emma's father picks up his daughter and tries to hand her over to Vampirella. While the other Cult of Chaos members stand around and watch, stupefied. He says, please get her out of here before Shroud comes back. She asks, aren't you coming with us? We see Emma's father now, with his ritualistic knife at his own heart. I can't. As long as I'm alive, Shroud will have a way into this world. God help me. I can already feel him trying to get back in. God forgive me. Vampirella reaches out, trying to stop him. But it's too late. Emma's father, killing himself to protect his daughter. We now see the Cult of Chaos members drawing knives, surrounding Vampirella, who is standing in front of Emma, trying to protect her. One of the cult members says, Kill her. Kill Vampirella in the name of chaos. The others call out, For chaos. A close-up panel of Vampirella's eyes that are now blood red. Damn it. Where's the cavalry when you need them? And we see at the cult of chaos's feet, a plague of rats starts to swarm them. Omniscient narration. Even as she speaks the words, Drago's blood reaches out into the darkness of the ancient graveyard and comes into contact with scores of small, and hairy things with lots of sharp teeth. The Cult of Chaos members are now panicking as they are swarmed by rats. They cry out in pain, the rats gnawing and biting at their body, blood flowing freely. Vampirella and Emma casually walk away from the teeming mass of carnage behind them. Vampirella says, Don't look, Emma. That's a good girl. Emma asks, Where are we going, lady? It's time to go home. We now see it's another day. Sometime in the morning or afternoon, Vampirella in a trench coat, normal clothes, is getting out of a car with Emma, who's now running over to people who are presumably her grandparents. They look warm, inviting, and they have their arms outstretched to greet the young girl. The grandmother says, Emma, praise God you're safe. Nana, the grandfather says, we can never thank you enough for rescuing my niece from those madmen, Mrs. Normandy. Okay, well. That's how they're related, then. Or at least one of them. They look so old. Anyways, Vampirella says, I promised her mother I would bring her back, and I keep my promises. 
Vampirella now, caressing Emma's cheek, looking down on her fondly. I know you're too young to understand everything that's happened, but I want you to know that both your parents loved you very, very much, Emma. Always remember that. Now, waving to everyone, Vampirella, getting back into her limousine, Coleridge holding the door for her, he says, Where to, milady? She answers, Back to Transylvania. My work here is done. Lady Umbra is no longer a threat. For now, Emma and her new family are waving to Vampirella as she leaves. Her nana says, Wave goodbye to your friend, sweetie. Emma, now with mysterious, bright red eyes and a sinister smile, says, Bye-bye. Indicating that, of course, Lady Umbra has survived a piece of her now within Emma. Where's that going to go? I don't know. Because that is the end. Well, you guys slogged through six issues of the 2012 Vampirella story written by Nancy Collins. How the hell was that ending? Huh? Was that not fucking amazing? I tell you, one of the things that really gravitates me towards Nancy's writing is her ability to show incredibly complicated villains. It's so easy. It's so, so easy. To say, this is your bad guy, this is your cult of chaos, Vampirella's the good guy, Lady Umbra's the bad guy. And in, and, and of course, in, in a lot of ways, Lady Umbra is the embodiment of pure and unchanging, immortal evil. But you also have Vampirella as the hero, not necessarily always doing heroic acts. We know that Vampirella has a good heart, but the possession by Lady Umbra allows the character to do darker things. I mean, everything from killing Emma's mother to burning down the spa, justified if you feel that, if you feel it's justified or not. There's numerous examples throughout this book of Vampirella being a complicated character. And then you have the character of Drago, who is, on any other day, Vampirella's enemy. But it is almost an aspect of my enemy's enemy is my friend. But it gave him a real Doctor Doom vibe, because in the same way that Doctor Doom is a villain, a dictator, he does have an ultimate affection for the people of Letveria that he leads. Um, just to take it into a direction that maybe more people will be familiar with. But Drago himself is that he will sacrifice himself but he's not just going down without a fight this is a ritual combat and drago would not accept losing to vampirella but in essence allowed her to have the power because we saw that first fight that first fight vampirella with lethal intention trying to attack drago and he backhands her away there's nothing she can do but in consuming the power and the essence of these other rare vampire the Krazu for example she gets the power to dis she gets the power to fight on par and then handily defeat Drago then gaining some of his ancient abilities his wealth his teeming masses of the Nosferatu uh, uh, Coleridge himself Drago happily dying for Vampirella to realize her potential but Vampirella comes out the hero in this because it's not just an evil character saying you're a killer and you have to act and behave like a killer and that's the only way that you'll defeat Lady Umbra. She doesn't let go of her humanity because she won't forget her promise to Emma and that's really really strong material. 
Then you have characters like Father Nicodemus, an agent of the Vatican who is indifferent, cold, sadistic by Drago's own words. And so so there's not a lot of clear-cut things here. Ultimately, the Vatican is using Vampirella and other people like Father Nicodemus to destroy vampires and werewolves and monsters, etc. But Nancy is continually showing that the tactics used by the Vatican are just as brutal. Maybe they need to be to fight evil, but it is still not, these are all noble people and they're heroes on the side of good. They are ultimately doing things that are good in the world, but they are doing it in a very sinister way, which is a fucking amazing. And so there's, there's just so much going on in this book with these characters, not to mention the fact that every time that we kill our monster of the week in this six issues, we got three issues dedicated to killing the various other rare vampires. I mean, maybe with the exception of the Krazu, which was is a pretty reprehensible creature, there's sadness in the destruction of the other vampires because it's genuinely assumed that they're the last of their kind. At the very least, the Moth Woman was. I mean, the Lamia was managedly saved, and there's this big sense of relief that you killed this vampire, but oh, thank God. It happened It happened to lay an egg, so this town will be okay, and this rare species of vampire won't go to the wayside. And I mean, the writing in the Leptirica issue, it's fucking romantic. It's romantic the way the professor perceives this entity, and then to know that this entity is now dead, and we can only hope that maybe Draga was wrong, and there's others that are still around. But that's what Nancy's giving us. Not even in a cut-and-dry case as... Vampirella kills monsters. Are these monsters inherently bad? And there's a lot of pathos for them because it seems so lonely and it seems like such a sad end to a truly ancient creature. I just can't praise this writing enough. And I really, really want you guys to go out there. Nancy has done more Vampirella than this. Listen, Nancy's done a lot of writing other than this. But if you like Vampirella, if you like comic books... Do me a favor. This was volume one. There's still even another chapter to read in this, but it's it's kind of going into another thing. It's a backup issue. So I just thought I would leave it out. And, and the six issues is a complete story, but there's a whole other volume of this. I believe Nancy was part of a large dynamite crossover um, that also had Vampirella in it. And, and let, just check out these books. At the very least, this first volume that you just had the pleasure of listening to I'm, I don't even feel like I'm doing it justice. Go in there, get it yourself, check out these panels, check out Patrick Birkencotter and the rest of the team's amazing artwork and lettering. It's all amazing stuff. And yeah, like I, I, I'm just, uh, I'm feeling very emotional because we're at the end of the story and I'm feeling very happy that we got through it and uh, I'm excited uh, for what's to come. But uh, But right now I am just sitting here marveling at a truly talented writer and their truly talented ability to take something. Again, the character of Vampirella that I know, Vampirella fans know, comic book fans generally know, this character is incredibly deep and interesting. She's had a storied past and it started off goofy. It got really serious. But I mean, this is, in my opinion, the high point of a character that has existed for many, many decades uh, yes, all due respect to some of my favorite writers, Archie Goodwin, and one of my all-time favorite writers, Grant Morrison. They all did wonderful things in laying the groundwork, but by the time Nancy got to this character, she did something 
that I humbly believe is truly special. So please go out to your local comic book shop, Comixology, wherever you got to go, and uh, pick up this title. It's absolutely worth your time. Okay, so that's my impassioned speech. Um, if you guys ever want me to cover a comic book, if there's a writer that you think you should direct my attention towards, please, by all means, let me know. You can reach me at Wes Nipe on Twitter. You can comment on splatterpictures.net where I post this video. You can go to iTunes and leave a review. That really helps. If you want more people to check out this podcast and also on the SoundCloud main page, you can definitely check me out there. Next week, not exactly sure what I'm going to be reading. I have some ideas. Don't know if it's going to be another longer series like this or we might just do a couple of one-offs. Uh, I haven't decided yet, but this is your opportunity to let me know. You got a whole week to direct me to something that you guys think that I should be reading or you'd like me to read for the show. And until next time, I'm Wes Knipe, and this has been Panels of Blood. <laughs>